I got questions from the things they didn't tell us to the stuff we still don't know. All the lies they concocted, I'm discovering answers and I'm letting you know. I got questions. I won't be held down. I got questions. And yes, the answers will be found. Oh yeah, I'm asking because I want to expand my mind. You can call me nosy, but I bet these answers I'ma find. My inquiry leads to what discovery? So come on and get some answers with me. Hey, this is Charlene Akua Rose Feather saying what's up to my melanated family and our allies. And welcome to I've Got Questions, the podcast where we have real conversations about house business, old wives' tales, flat out lies, and misconceptions. I'm a coach, a speaker, and a motivational teacher, and I'm sharing these conversations to empower you so you can move intentionally in your purpose. Sometimes I'll invite company over, and other times you get to hear from me. But either way, we're going to get these questions answered, y'all. And the question for today is, do they hear the words that are coming out of our mouths? Hey y'all, this is Charlene Akua Rose, and I want to know if there is such a thing as good communication. Like, if there is, is there some secret society that holds the ancient truths about communicating with other people? And I'm asking because, and I know some of y'all, or all of y'all have experienced this, sometimes it is a struggle talking with some people, and I want to get to the bottom of why. So, I invited company over. I'm joined today by Dr. Michelle R. Hanna, and I'm gonna share her bio, and then we're gonna jump into the conversation because I got questions. Dr. Michelle R. Hanna, through her life's medical challenges and overwhelming love for humanity, the health, emotional well-being of people, and commitment to living authentically, is among the most influential women today. Dr. Michelle's family, education, and personality molded her for life as a resounding voice for the brokenhearted and those that desire to be free. Dr. Michelle's remarkable spirit, determination, motivation, and personal experiences are the building blocks of her respect for human dignity and social change. Born in Southern California, born and raised in Southern California, she received her undergraduate degree in psychology, her MBA, and a master's degree in teaching and learning with technology. Recently, she received a doctorate in spiritual counseling. Dr. Michelle's public speaking spans over 15 years, and she's the author of The Breaking Point, A Full Circle Journey and Workbook. Her most recent book is The Vows, a workbook for marriage success and understanding yourself. It's ushering couples and people desiring to be married into a deeper intimacy connection, emotional healing, and living authentically. Dr. Michelle has helped over 500 couples stay together and live their best life. Welcome to I've Got Questions, Dr. Michelle. I'm super grateful I'm so that you're here. To be here. Thank you. I'm so glad too. So I want to jump into this big topic of, of about communication. But before we do that, um, you help people, like we discussed in your bio, you help people um, in, in all aspects about communication. How can people get a hold of you? How can they contact you? What what tools do you have available? Um, what can we know about connecting with you and getting, you know, your different offerings? Yes. Yeah, so I help people, um, actually singles and couples, emotionally heal, connect deeper through intimacy and live authentically. So if your listeners are interested in really delving deep into that, 
they can go to my website, which is michellerhana.com. So that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-H-A-N-N-A-H.com. They can follow me on IG at Michelle underscore R underscore Hana. That's Michelle underscore R underscore Hana. And they can uh, find me on Facebook at Mikkel, M-I-K-E-L, Life Coaching, Mikkel Life Coaching. Um, They can also reach me by phone, which is 888-983-4446. And if your listeners go to my website, um, there's a free download, which is the authenticity checklist. Love that because I just think that everyone um, should be authentic and everyone should know what that feeling is like, which for me, it's feeling absolutely free and peaceful. That's awesome. So at this point, all the stuff we're about to get into we will have no excuse about not being able to connect with you because you've got a website, you're on Instagram, Facebook, and we can pick up the phone and give yes. you a call. <laughs> yes. I love yes. it. I love it. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have this conversation with you is because communication touches everybody, no matter who we are, where we are, it touches us in every aspect of our life. But it's a humongous topic. It's a really big topic. So where where can we start? Where would be a good point for us as individuals, those of us who are listening, where do we start when we start talking about wanting to make changes in our communication? Well, first, I think that we have to back up a little bit, you know, and visit the past first. And what I mean by that is, is that our, our self-concept and self-belief is so very important to how we actually communicate through life. And what I mean by that is, so our self-concept is how we see ourselves. So from the time that we are born to about the age of seven is so crucial. And so for example, you know, we look to our parents, we look to our teachers. So they're creating that self-concept for us. And then it's it's pretty difficult to not believe from like your parents or believe from your teachers because you respect them, you love them. Mm -hmm. And so if there is a negative self-concept, then guess what? We're going to believe those things, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes there's a self-concept there that our parents create and they're literally creating it from their parents and their grandparents and your great-grandparents. So sometimes the intention is not to be negative, but that's just all that they know. So I'll give you an example. My mom used to always tell me, you need to be twice as better than anyone else. Now, translation to my five-year-old self was, you're not good enough. Wow. And so you you see, right? So now that I'm thinking... I'm not good enough. Now my intention and my energy shift. So now Mm. anything that I do, I have all this pressure behind it. Because like, I'm like, I'm not good enough. So I got to do it so much better, you know, than anyone else. 
So I'm not even breathing in it, you know, feeling comfortable mm. and confident. Because how could I feel confident if I'm already thinking I'm not good enough? So it doesn't really matter how much I excel through life. Yeah. My confidence was still low. What do you and think like, about that? Like, I'd like to I, hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, I like how you point that out because that is messaging. I know specifically for the African-American community, it's true. And, I, and, and you mentioned that there was nothing, uh, you know, malicious that your mother was doing. She was preparing you for something that is true in society. But we mm -hmm. translate it and we hear it in a way that's in, that can create, like you said, this negative self-talk that I'm not good enough. And to say that I have to be twice twice as good as anybody else, well, good or better, those are all relative terms. So just excelling through life, is that better than everybody else? Is that good? Is that twice as good? Then right. all of this headspace. So any conversation I have, feedback or whatever, is heard through the filter of I'm not good enough. Yeah, exactly. Like and it's so true what you just said about like, who are you even comparing that to? Because yeah. what if you're comparing yourself to someone that like is borderline genius and you're comparing yourself right. to them and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still not good enough. I gotta be twice as good as this borderline genius, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'm realizing how that plays out in the communication because now I'm over here hustling, breaking my back to be twice as good. And then if you come with feedback and you, again, your feedback could be not malicious in any way, but now I'm angry with you because you're yes. telling me in my, through my filter, I'm hearing you're not good enough. So now I'm angry with you and you should back like, why is she always snapping at me when I just told her, you know, a little bit of feedback because my filter. Right. Wow. And even so I, you know what? You haven't healed hmm. it. That's the yeah. thing. Is that a lot yeah. of people get into relationships, right? Like whether mm -hmm. it's intimate relationships or friendships and they are not like their five year old self. I'll just use myself again. My five year old yeah. self was not healed. So all of mm -hmm. my relationships, not saying like Okay, I didn't have a whole lot of relationships, but <laughs> the relationships that I had that were, you know, in my 20s, early 30s, yeah. it was just, you know, me um, operating from a five-year-old self yeah. that was not healed. And so in my mind, I was not good enough. And so it didn't matter, like, if the person was just giving constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. I saw that in my mind as, oh, my gosh, not again. I got to work harder yeah. again. I've been working, like, hard for years. So now I got to work harder again. It's still not good enough. And all they were doing was giving me some feedback. But that mm -hmm. five-year-old self wasn't healed. And so... We see that a lot in our relationships where, you know, women um, that, that uh, are in my office and they're telling me about their relationship and I see it right away. I'm like, that's his 10 year old self talking and he's not healed. So you're seeing yeah. the 10 year old self just it play out in the relationship. That's deep. So in, in staying with where we are 
where we start when we talk about communication, it sounds like you're saying we got to start with ourselves. We got to start with a little bit of self-reflection, some inner work. Absolutely. So we're looking, so we were speaking of self-concept and self-belief. And so then, and you actually ushered it in with self-talk. So now there's that self-talk that happens. So we can just still use the example of not being good enough. So now I'm basically saying that to myself daily in some form or fashion of me not being good enough. Even if I'm not verbalizing it and just feeling it, I'm still communicating that, that I'm not good enough. So for me, it took 20 years of reprogramming that very deep thought and belief and, and concept of myself of I'm not good enough mm-hmm. to something completely opposite. So yeah. when I wake up in the morning, I give myself a do-over. It's like being born again, literally every morning for me. It's so exciting. I get up in the morning and I know I'm like, this is a new day. I get to do it all over again. I get to start from scratch. The canvas is clean. And yeah. I said the I am I am beautiful inside and out, up and down, all around. I am beautiful. I am fearless. I am smart. I, I wow myself. Like, and I really feel that and connect to that. I am strong. I am full of courage. I am going to show up in the world today as my authentic self. I commit to that. And so it is. And so for me, in the morning when I do that, that sets, you know, the stage for my day and how my day is going to be. That's that positive self-talk that we have to do. And I know that sometimes when you start doing this in the beginning, of course, you don't believe it. But see, when you say I am, that that is present. So regardless of whether yeah. you don't believe it or not, if you keep saying it, guess what? You are going to start committing and believing mm-hmm. it and other people will start to experience the I am in you. Yes, I love that. I love that. First of all, giving yourself a do-over, that, that feels like you're taking that power and you're, you're taking the power away from what was once negative and you are now creating a positivity and you're, you're creating it and you're standing in it by saying it out loud. And I'm very glad that you spoke to the fact that it takes time. You said that this is a process that started with you for t- over 20 years. So that lets me yeah. know for folks, you know, jumping into this and launching this out, we get to give ourselves grace. It's not something that yeah. in a week's time, I'll have it just like that. Like, Absolutely. this is going to take time. That's awesome. And you know what? This is why it's powerful, because you said earlier that the the stuff that we learned came from our parents who got it from their parents and they got it from theirs and so on and so on. So what we're doing is we're combating generations of a a, a belief that's not helping us. So it's not like we should expect two weeks to see a change. We're coming against some big stuff, but our commitment to it is what makes the change. Absolutely. And it's also, you know, the shifting of the mindset. That is Mm. very difficult when we have to shift our mind. 
And so, you know, the way that I did it is I did it through journaling and did it through scripting, um, disconnecting from toxicity, from toxic people, even if the toxic person is me, you know, in Mm. some way, I have to disconnect from that. I have to delete that even within myself to reconnect to truth, to reconnect to standing in your truth unapologetically and also self-intimacy, which is very Mm. important, self-intimacy. And what I mean by that is that a lot of people will look at intimacy through another person. Whereas, oh my gosh, I need a hug from you. I need Mm -hmm. a kiss. I need um, you to hold my hand. I need you to rub my back. Now, I love all of those things. Mm -hmm. However, I have to be responsible to give those things to myself first. So even in my do-over in the morning, I give myself the biggest hug. And what I'm saying to myself is, I got you. I'm not Mm. leaving you. I am going to be here no matter what. You should never be alone or feel alone or lonely Mm. because I'm here no matter what. I'm here when you sleep. I'm here when you wake up. I'm here with you throughout the day. Mm. And so that hug means so much to me that I give myself in the morning because you know what? I deal with people all day long and I need it. I need to fill me up first so that I can even serve in the way that I need to so that it's healthy. So that's very, very important. And all these things that we talked about, um, self-concept, self-belief, self-talk, shifting the mindset, it's very connected to how we learn and how we communicate with others, whether it's a Uh, effective or not effective, um, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, all of that connects to how we communicate with others, our self-concept, our self-talk, our mindset. That's that's powerful. And it's also very beautiful. I often hear uh, coaching clients and even in some of the trainings or workshops that I do, I hear people say stuff like, Man, you know, I just wish somebody would show up for me the way I show up for them. Man, I wish somebody would just, you know, give to me the same Mm -hmm. kindness or whatever that I give for them. And what you're saying is so true. I got to give it to me first. I want it to come from others, but I am responsible for me and I get to show myself. I, I love that. I get to give myself a big old bear hug. I get to take time to love on myself and speak well of myself first yes. and, and fulfill myself in that way first that is so powerful yes that and even so with it you know ladies i just want to say to you because i hear ladies saying this all the time he doesn't you know buy me flowers all the time i can't tell you the last time he bought me flowers and i always say like i use myself for that example because i love peonies that's one of my favorite flowers and um so you know that's that's my love and i I love the way they look i love the way that makes me feel um just the just just how pretty and colorful and how many layers um maybe that's the connection (laughs) that i have Mm. because it has so many layers so now my husband um he likes to buy roses 
but he will buy like very distinguished type of roses. Now that's what he likes to buy me, okay? Now I could be upset at him and say, why don't you ever buy me what I really like, which is the peonies, right? Or I could say, I like the peonies. What is keeping you from going to buy the peonies yourself if you want him to go buy them today? You know, smell them, look at them, embrace how they make you feel. And I can still appreciate the distinguished type roses that he buys for me because that's something that he connects to and makes him feel good as well. You know, that's beautiful. And and you actually just just popped me on my wrist because I am not a flower person. And I tend to notice that that, you know, certain folks will buy me flowers and I I don't say anything to them, but inside I'm like, "Mm, you didn't even think that through because I don't even like flowers. But, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, somewhere in the the future, I'll work it into that, you know, hey, by the way, flowers aren't my thing. But I could shift that mindset and just appreciate the gesture and and know that it came from a good, so you, so, okay, message received. I got it. I got it. Yeah, you know, and here's, you know what, I believe that we teach people how to treat us, right? Mm -hmm. So people observe you and what, well, some people, let me back up. (laughs) Some people really do. And I'm talking about more of intimate people that know you and that are really in your circle. And so, you know, they watch what you like, what you do, what you gravitate to, the ones that are really paying attention and that have some form of intimacy in their life because they will look at, you know, the small things and not just the surface stuff. And so you would think that they would know if you're opening up that part of yourself, stuff about you that you really like, you know what I mean? So maybe the people that are giving you the flowers, maybe they don't know enough intimate things, um, connecting things about you in order to say, oh, well, maybe I could do this for her because she Mm. would really connect to that. So maybe that's a different perspective of looking at it. And I do agree with you is that, you know, when anybody buys me anything and I get some very interesting, you know, gifts throughout the year and But, you know, I look past of what the gift actually is and more of what the intention of why that person did what they did. Um, For example, if the card says, I really thank you for showing up for me. That really meant a lot to me. I literally am so disconnected from, I guess, what they really gave me um, that's tangible I'm so connected to the words and how I touch them. And I'm so in gratitude of that, you know? So just a different perspective of, um, yeah. of thinking about it. Yeah. That's powerful. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So we're, we're, we're talking about this communication and you started with self-concept and how we, mm-hmm. you know, start this work to really examine the messaging that we receive and, and, and the filters that it creates, how does that, I don't want to say shift, but how does that, you know, move into communication with others? If that, 
Uh, and if that doesn't, that's not clear, I can come up with another way to ask that question. <laughs> no, no, it's very clear. It's very clear. Okay. So um, a couple of things I'd like to, to, to talk about. And one, I just want to start right off with social media. So social media has been an absolute blessing and curse <laughs> to people, yeah. okay, and to relationships. So the beautiful thing is that we can talk to anybody in the world. You know, if we if we wanted to really connect with someone in Australia, in Africa, you know, in China, we could actually do that. And and we yeah. could video conference with them and actually, you know, see their face and connect and, and experience them. So that is wonderful. And we can get our message out to the world and not even have to travel there, right? So on the flip side of that, I have noticed that people have really become so connected to how many likes did I get today? Uh, How many follows did I get today? And we'll literally go into a depression over I didn't get the likes that I wanted. And then this is how it connects back to that self-concept. Oh, nobody likes me. I must not be pretty enough. I must not be good enough. And it's literally unbelievable. Like it blows my mind because, and I know this to be true because I hear it. Right. So Mm -hmm. you have that part of social media. Then you have the part of social media that I can be someone that I want to be but that's not who I am. So I can live in the lie of it and no one knows until it comes to the person having to meet you in person or, you know, having to, you know, have a, a conversation because maybe the words that you're typing aren't even your words. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the second part of social media that is not so good. Um, The third thing is, is that we've become so distracted with social media, me included. So what I've done now is even for self and for my clients, I tell them, I said, look, pick a time of day. And for those of us that have businesses, maybe you pick two times in the day and give yourself a time limit of being on social media. Mine is an hour of being on social media because I'm either responding or I'm checking like three different places. So I give myself an hour twice a day and that is it. And it's never during the time that I'm supposed to be spending time with someone that, you know, a friend or my husband or, um, or myself, you know? So that's, you know, one perspective of it. And then the other thing that I'd like to talk about is texting. So texting has literally disconnected us from picking up the phone and saying, hey, how are you doing? I was thinking about you. You know, just I hearing my voice, because here's what happens with the text. Okay. You can't hear tone. 
So it's so many misunderstandings. I thought mm-hmm. you were mad at me because you text me, blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm like, well, I'm just mad. <laughs> you know, maybe in a rush, but not mad, you know. And yeah. then that person now has connected to, she's mad at me. I don't okay. know what I've done, you know. Well, and then, then they get mad. Well, how could she be mad at me? I didn't do anything. I have all this stuff going on in my life, and she has the nerve and the audacity to be mad at me. <laughs> and the other person on the other line has no idea that this is right. happening. So, and then that other person could just pick up the phone and say, hey, is everything okay? You text me, blah, blah, blah. And I thought maybe, you know, you were a little frustrated with me. And then I can say, absolutely not. Or, yeah, I was a little frustrated. So text would be, I feel, for I'm on my way. Was thinking about you, love you, um, and why I, you know, some information mm-hmm. that, that is much needed. But when it comes to intimate conversations, conversations that could be the makeup or breakup of our relationship, those conversations mm-hmm. should not be had over text. Um, you should not be in the household with someone and you are literally texting them from upstairs. Or you're sitting at the other side of the couch and I'm texting you. Or it's like I'm having this argument with you. Or I'm even saying, you know what, maybe we should get a divorce over text message. But you know what that says to me? It says Mm -hmm. that we're so emotionally far apart and fear of conflict. Mm-hmm. Of, of thinking about something that may be the tough conversation. So now I'm scared of rejection. Mm-hmm. I'm fearful because maybe you're a yeller, so I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of the judgment or maybe the look on your face that even though you're not saying it, I can clearly tell with the look on your face that you're looking at me in judgment. So now I am no longer safe or I feel no longer safe to speak with you. Okay. So if I don't feel safe to, to, to talk to you, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to hide behind text or I'm going to shut down or now I'm frustrated. So that frustration, frustration is going to keep building And then one day, I'm not going to be able to hold it. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to completely blow up. And either the person is going to match me with that same anger, or they're going to be in total shock and literally look like a deer in headlights. Like, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what's going on, but where did that come from? And guess what? That's your responsibility to let people know how you feel, not to keep it inside. And it is our responsibility that when someone is speaking to us, that we listen with compassion. That means that I am not waiting for you to shut up so I can win an argument, or I'm not waiting for you to shut up so I can just say what I want to say. No, that means that I'm being completely just not selfish and saying, you know what? I want to be fully present 
in everything that you're saying because I truly want to listen. And guess what? I really want to relieve you from any pain and suffering that you're feeling in this moment. And if I can be a safe space for you, then that is what I want to communicate. If that, if we did that, do you know mm-hmm. how many relationships, friendships would not be broke? Oh my yeah. God. Because as you were speaking, I was literally also reflecting on some instances where I've been guilty of what you described of, you know, I'm having this whole conversation with myself about my relationship with another person, but I hadn't taken the time to, to describe it to them or to invite them into the conversation. And what I hear you talking about is us having this compassion because we're in a process. Like you were talking about us being in the process to, you know, uh, heal our seven-year-old and 10-year-old self. So if I'm in that process, there's a compassion and an awareness that another person has a process also. So I'm going to approach those conversations from that perspective that I got work to do and perhaps this person has work to do. So just to alleviate any problems, we're not going to communicate via text. We're not going to communicate via messaging on social media. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick up the phone. I'm going to come face to face. And I'm going to speak to those things. Okay, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable because of your facial expression. I think, you know, whatever. I'm going to look away from you, but I'm going to talk to you here. You know what I'm saying? Any kind of way to communicate those, those, those feelings so that everyone's aware of what's going on in the moment. And like you said, we can perhaps salvage and save some friendships, relationships, family connections, et cetera. Exactly. You know, and, and, and from what you just said, something that triggers something for me. I remember I had a friend who shared something on social media that was very personal. Um, it was about, you know, their life and it was very mm-hmm. personal and it was a major trauma that had just happened. And I was upset that I found that out social through social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't understand why she couldn't have picked up the phone. One, I would have wanted to be there for her. And, mm-hmm. you know, two, it's just finding out on social media, I I couldn't believe that she felt safe enough to do that, but didn't feel safe to pick up the phone. Now, I then had to really reflect to myself and I said, okay, you're upset, but what is the reasoning that she did not feel comfortable with myself or any of her friends Mm-hmm. to share this traumatic information. And so instead of being upset at her, I then began to reflect on self. And my next step was, okay, let me pick up the phone. And mm-hmm. we had four hour conversation about so many things that she felt, not so much against me, but just felt about herself and and maybe felt about my communication or her other friends community, how she was perceiving it, you know? Mm. So four hours of so many things that I had no clue that were going Uh. on. But what really connected to me in that conversation is she said to me that sometimes in my communication, she's speaking of me, 
that I could come across as being very black or white and um, very matter of fact. Now, I was blown away by that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so compassionate. Like, what do you mean? But then I had to, I had to really think about what she said. And the more we spoke, I realized that she was right. Because when it comes to speaking about finance, and I see you making the same mistake over and over again, my, my tone does. It, mm. it becomes very matter of fact. So she was absolutely right. It didn't matter about my reasoning really why. It was about how that made her feel. You know, so that's another thing that sometimes people will share things over social media. Sometimes I think it's a cry for help. And then sometimes I just personally think that it is just too much information that's being shared, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you, you just sparked a a topic for me. I want to ask you about that um, specific to um, a community that I'm a part of, I'm African-American community. And I want to ask a question about that. But before I do, you mentioned that on your website, folks can download um, an authenticity. Um, what was it called again? Oh, it's an authenticity checklist. Checklist. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does that, how does that connect to the topic of communication? Oh my gosh. It is at the foundation of communication. So, For your listeners that may not completely understand what it is to be authentic, um, I love just this simple um, scenario um, of if you woke up in the morning and you could just show up in the world and not have any judgment not have um, the thoughts of I'm going to be rejected, not really care what people say or think about you, who would you be? And so whoever that is, that connects to authentically who you are. And who I am, like my authentic self, and then I'd also like to say this really quick, is that Authenticity, like it's not a destination. Like you don't, you don't wake. You you start to feel authentic. Like I I believe I'm really operating in my authentic self. Mm-hmm. But the more that I evolve, mm-hmm. then I'm something. I may be something else authentically than I was the year before. So just when I think that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm my most authentic self. This is great. This is wonderful. I'm so happy then I evolve in another way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is really more authentic to who I am. Okay. So authenticity is the truth. It's the truth of who you are. It's not connected to ego. It's not connected to pride. It's not Mm. connected to negative. It's just, it's just you. Well, let me, let me, um, back up a little bit. I said, it's not connected to negativity. And I just got this question yesterday. It's like, Hey, you know, Michelle, can someone show up and, um, they're a jerk. Okay. And is that their authentic self 
or is that just, you know, parts of their ego? Well, I don't know who this person is. So it's hard for me to answer questions like that when I really don't know the total um, story or just, Mm -hmm. you know, have spoken to this person. But let's just say that the person really was a jerk, that that's really who they are. Now, can they transform? Yes. But authentically who they are is a jerk, you know? Maybe that is just really who they are at this space in life. And they're not trying to lie about it and say that they're a really good person. They're telling you, they're saying, look, I'm a jerk in a lot of different ways. Not in every way, but in a lot of different ways, I am. And I have no interest in changing that. Okay? So that's authentically who they are, you know? Um, So let's get back to authenticity and how that connects to communication. So if I show up in my truth of who I am, not in the faith self, that means that I am now giving you a choice to make a decision of whether I connect to who you are, whether I want to be in relationship with who you are. When you show up in the fake self, right, or in a lie, it takes my choice away from me. Because I then thought you were who you said you were or who you were working really hard to show me who you were, that's who I accepted. That's who okay. I started dating. That's who I began to be friends with. And then, okay, maybe over a period of time, maybe uh-huh. there's years, maybe there's, you know, if I, I feel like at this point in life, I'm pretty connected. So negativity doesn't stay around me too long, but uh-huh. sometimes I meet people that are really, really good at, at just, being very married to the fake self and so it may take me a while to go okay this is who you are that's who you are the person that you're being maybe that's who you want to be maybe that's what you felt you needed to do in order to get close to me whatever the case may be but now I know who you are and that doesn't work for me at all. And guess what? If you just would have showed up in truth, could have saved us a lot of time. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe, and, and, and it works vice versa. I'm not just saying, you know, towards someone else. It was the same thing for me. Who I am authentically, you know, I am unapologetic about who I am right now and, you know, just about being vulnerable and about being transparent. That's freedom for me. Doesn't work for everyone. But you never can say that I didn't show up in honesty and truth. So if people are authentic with one another, I don't have to guess a whole lot. It literally is what you see is what I'm giving you. And that feels so much better than the guessing game of, did you mean that or did you mean this? Well, this didn't really connect with this, but you said this. So I'm confused. I just want clarity. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I'm over here with goosebumps because all of that, like, all of that was powerful. Like, I, I'm, of course, running through visual Rolodexes of people um, 
in those who I've had that situation with, if we would have just shown up authentically. And, I, and again, I can say that I've done the same thing. And I often tell clients and people in workshops, it's okay to let certain relationships end. And this speaks powerfully to that because one reason why they can end is because you're realizing that one of you didn't show up in an authentic way. And now as that authenticity, you know, as a real person starts to emerge and become, you're realizing that, okay, this isn't going to work. This connection isn't going to work anymore. And then you have the, once again, the power, you're standing in that power to remove yourself from that particular situation. But man, I, I literally wrote down what you said. If you would have just showed up in the person that you really are, then I could have made a choice. But now yes. you're taking that choice from me. That was yes. powerful. Thank you for that. I'm, you are so welcome. <laughs> That's why when people lie, I tell them all the time that it's so unfair because yeah. you literally take the choice away from someone else because had they known the truth, they, they may have made a completely different decision. Yeah. 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 Wow. So I, I, I really want that to marinate. I had another question. I'm going to kind of even if I need to edit that part out because I just want, I want to jump to instead of, um, the question about African-American uh, and how it relates to communication. I want to jump to how we can take all of this, all of this powerful stuff that you're sharing us. And it's, it's an ongoing process. It's, I like how you said it's not a destination. Um, speaking to that is, is super powerful. How can we use this to establish healthy and effective communication? Well, the first thing I believe that we have to do first is we have to be aware that there is a communication problem because sometimes when, if people grow up in a, a household where there is no communication, then the child ends up growing up thinking that that's just what people do. They okay. don't communicate. Um, if I grow up in a house where everyone yells at everybody, then that is the way that we communicate. So people may not even be aware that there is a healthy way of conflict and there's a healthy way of communication. So then once you're aware, you then have to be vulnerable. And what I mean by that is, is you got to just be naked and honest with self. You, you have to call your own self out on a, on a lot of things that may not be the best way of how you communicate before you can call anyone else out. And to be completely honest with yourself and be safe in the space first of being honest with yourself um, before you can be honest with someone else. And that's step number two, right, is being honest with others transparency and all that is is just honest I'm being honest about who I am I'm being honest about how I feel even though you might not like it I'm yes. I'm always going to give you honesty right and so as long as we respect one another's honesty then I just really feel like it 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 puts 
us in such a better place to be more effective with our communication is just that respect because there's a lot of people that just don't respect each other when it comes to communication. So so we'll we'll kind of, you know, do the hand gesture like whatever. So that completely dismisses everything that person said. So they say, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. You're always doing that. So then I dismiss everything that they say, right? Forgiveness. Let me say that one more time. Forgiveness. Forgiveness of self first, because we hold a lot of unforgiveness for ourselves. And the way in terms of communication, there's a whole lot of forgiveness and a whole lot of loving harder. And that's what I always say. Forgive quick and love harder because grudges bring on illness. Grudges bring on just feeling miserable and unhappy. That's what grudges do and unforgiveness does. And so we have to be willing to forgive ourselves. We have to be willing to forgive our parents, to forgive our teachers, our mentors that perhaps maybe that wasn't their intention, but they provided us with the wrong advice that really doesn't serve us. And so, and it doesn't serve our relationships. I'll give you an example for little boys, right? And I cringe every time I hear it and I hear it for men is that they fall, right? Don't cry. Mm. Little boys don't cry. Get up. Mm. Wipe those tears away, you know? So now he grows into a man and you're like, wait a minute, you know, why don't you show any emotion? Like, I don't understand that. I need you to show emotion. I see. And I'm not saying that emotion is just crying, but I'm just saying to be emotionally intimate, you know, and if something really hurts, we're human. Okay. So we cry. That's it's healing to cry, you know, and it, and it's, um, it relieves stress sometimes to cry, but in his mind, he has been told that it's weak to cry and that that is not a man. So therefore we have to forgive just our parents and and people that we really respected what they birthed into our, you know, our space. So, and then the last thing is, is being authentic with one another. If we are authentic with one another, I am telling you, that will literally delete so many issues is that if we would just be authentic in the way that we feel and allow one another to be authentic. So what you don't think like I do? So what you have a different opinion than I do? If I'm open, I may not like, you know, agree with what you say, but I could, I could see it from a different perspective. You know, Mm -hmm. I can learn something. I could grow. I could evolve. Maybe that, elevates me into being even more authentic. And the last thing I would say is we need to heal that five-year-old, that 10-year-old, that 20-year-old, you know, we, we need to really heal that prior to really going into a relationship. We really do. And you know what? Even if we didn't, and you're currently in a relationship now, That doesn't mean that you can't heal that 
safe at this point. So reach out, you know, they can reach out to you. They can reach out to me, someone that can coach them through the process and guide them through the healing process. Yes, that is amazingly powerful. I want to appreciate, I don't want to take up your time. I know that we're getting to our, our time. So I appreciate you for sharing all of that powerful, powerful information. And there's so much more. And like you said, I want people to contact you. I want them, especially if what you said resonated with them, I want them to contact you. So I'm going to be sharing your contact information once again. But I want them to reach out to you so that they can personally, one-to-one, do specifics about how they can apply in their life all of the gems that you shared with us today. Um, did you have any other thoughts that you wanted to share before we, uh, before we end our time? As African-American men and women, it is a burden on my heart for us to communicate better, to, co- to communicate more intimately, to communicate with more understanding, and most definitely to communicate from an authentic place. When we know better, we do better. And it's time for us to do better because I know that I need to hear from my sisters more and I need to hear from my brothers more of what they feel and what they think because that connects to how I grow and how I evolve. So yeah, if anything that I could say is that um, I was going to say I hope, but I'm going to say that I know that this conversation will connect to whomever that it needs to connect to. And I can't wait to see how you show up in the world after hearing this interview. Dr. Michelle, I appreciate you for sharing your wisdom with us today. For those of you who want to connect with Dr. Michelle, you have several options. You can call her at 888-983-4446. You can connect with her on Instagram at Michelle underscore R underscore Hana and on Facebook at Mikkel Life Coaching. To access her wealth of resources, you can visit her website at michellerhana.com. There you'll find her free authenticity checklist that's available for download. You'll find her interactive book called The Vows, a workbook for marriage success and understanding yourself. Her other book called The Breaking Point, a full circle journey, and the companion journal and workbook called The Breaking Point, a full circle journey workbook and journal. You can also learn about accessing Dr. Michelle's personal coaching sessions and coaching retreats. Being a good communicator is not a matter of accessing ancient secrets. It's just a matter of having the right resources and tools. And Dr. Michelle offers so many amazing tools. All of her contact information is in the episode description on the Anchor app. Or if you're listening through another app, you can get to that, get to her information through my website at charlenerfeathers.org. Thank you for hanging with me on I Got Questions. Today's discussion is just the beginning. The next part is up to you. 
Take this conversation into your community with your families, your friends, your church, wherever you go. Discover more answers and ask some questions of your own. And hey, keep me in the conversation. Visit my website at charlenerfeathers.org and click the Contact Me page. If we keep asking and answering questions, we'll keep moving forward. Till next time, peace out, y'all.